Hi, and welcome to another episode of Flatback 4 Meets with me, Liam, and my co-host, Glyn. Uh, firstly, we'd like to thank everyone that's listened or watched our first episode a couple of weeks ago with Simon Donnelly. Uh, it's really appreciated, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, today's guest, belter of a guest, it's a man who's played over 600 professional games for clubs including Notts County, Sheffield United, Pompey, Palace, Leeds and QPR. Uh, he's had managerial stints at Notts County and Cambridge uh, before finding himself back at Palace uh, where he's currently under 23's gaffer. Uh, it's our pleasure to introduce the Flatback Four Meets, Mr Sean Derry. Uh, good evening, Sean. Evening. Good evening. All right. We're good. Thanks for having us. No problem. No problem. Good to have you. So I think we just had a quick chat off camera there, Sean. You've uh, been commentating on Leeds game tonight. Good result. Yeah, cracking result. Yeah, I mean, I'm still at the um, studios. Um, just, just literally come off air there. So always impressed with Leeds. I mean, it's such a shame no one's in the stadiums, you know, watching them. Any Leeds United fan must be jumping for hoops at the minute. It's just absolutely fantastic to watch. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's um, sometimes it's um, it, it, it's difficult where there's so many gaps on the pitch, but I think it yeah. makes for an even better viewing. It's um, I love watching them. Love love covering the Leeds United team. Yeah, I um, I only caught second half tonight, which I think was a better half on it. Judging by, I was going to say, yeah, you've done well. <laughs> First yeah, half yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they're looking uh, they're looking good, really good. Um, Glenn's a, a big Leeds fan, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Follow, followed him uh, since I was a little boy. I didn't, I didn't, didn't have a choice, really, with my, dad, with my old man. So, um, <laughs> for my sins, well, but finally coming good by the looks of it. Yeah, listen, I think, you know, you talked to any Leeds fan prior to the season starting and they would have grabbed your hands um, just staying in the Premier League. But I think the way that they've, uh, they've attacked the Premier League started off on that first game against Liverpool. They were... They were so brave and courageous and the way that they play is completely yeah. different to the majority of the championship teams that go up there. I think a lot of the championship teams just go up there just to survive, but Leeds have yeah. took something else into the Premier League. It's been, it's been brilliant. Yeah, what, what do you think to the all, like, the uh, entertainment against results argument? Do you know, like, they're getting beat some weeks, but they're still getting the praise. Do you think that's fair? Listen, you've just got to look where they are in the league at this moment in yeah. time. And you've got to come say, back you know, top half, top half tonight, aren't they? Just after, yeah, after that, yeah. You I know. think they have, yeah, they've just broken into that top half. I mean, look, some unbelievable teams in the Premier League, you know, everyone's fighting for their lives to stay at that level. And they've cruised it, haven't they? You know, Leeds United are going to cruise staying in the Premier League, but yeah. throw into the equation how good they've played and how brave they've played as well with this new unbelievable brand of football that, you know, you guys have been um, privileged to watch um, up at Ellen Road. It's... Um, Nice, it's brilliant. I love watching them. It's great. It different, is. It's enjoyable, isn't it? Different Leeds teams to the one I played in. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, what, what? Just staying on that subject we, with you, obviously, where you're coaching, and obviously you've had a stint in in managerial terms as well. Did do you do you look up to the or have you looked more into his work, or do you take anything from him? Oh yeah, I mean, cool. you've got to take loads from him, haven't you? I mean, in terms of actually scrutinising his work, I've I've not done that. You know, yeah. I've I've not read all the books out there for Bielsa, but especially this this year, I've been privileged enough to to, to cover the majority of the Leeds games for um, Talksport, and I've watched them at close hand. You know, over the uh, uh, over the uh, over the TV, and I look at them and I just think 
they go man for man all over the pitch, both in and out. Brave. Of the Very brave. They're, they're brave. They're they're enthusiastic. They've got so much energy. And I think when you look at Bielsa and you think about what impact he's had on the likes of Bamford and Dallas, well, he is a is yeah. an absolute magician, isn't he? We're talking about Bamford just before we came on, weren't we? Do you think he's uh, what do you think his England shouts like? Do you think he's got a chance or I think he's a bit too far down pecking order? No, you've got to have a chance, haven't you? You know, for me, I think you look at the centre forwards and you've got to say who's in form. Well, he's massively in form, scored 13 goals. He could yeah. have had 20, couldn't he? You know, he's, he's missed some great chances as well. But I think, you know, he's an intelligent player as well. He's, he's a different player to what he was four or five years ago. I mean, you look at Bamford four or five years ago and you'd say he's probably that guy in between the leagues, isn't he? You know, in between the Championship yeah. and the Premier yeah, League yeah. teams. But now he's a bona fide Premier League star, isn't he? You know, he could get into loads of the Premier League teams. Oh, it's, yeah, one of those, it's one of those where it just fits, isn't it? Where players, he's obviously been here, there and everywhere and gone out on loan and tried all these different clubs and he's, just looks like he's found his fit now, doesn't it? And with Bielsa, obviously, giving him that little bit extra, it's just put him in spotlight now, so. Oh, it's Bielsa's love child, isn't he? You know, he loves him, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah. You know, he's yeah. so intelligent as well, isn't he? You know, Patrick Bamford's such an intelligent guy, not just on yeah. the football field, but off it. Mm. And I think, you know, I think that's why Bielsa loves him as well, because he's um, he's super intelligent himself. Yeah, I think the, I think part of playing for Bielsa, you've got to be bright. It's like Guardiola, isn't it? You know, you've got to have that football intelligence, otherwise it just ain't going to work. Oh, um, without a doubt, yeah. Some of the lads back in 2006, 2007, I don't think we could have played for um, Bielsa. Not the no. brightest. <laughs> <laughs> I won't name any, man. Say again, Sean, sorry. I won't name any. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you go man for man, it only takes one to mess it up and it all falls apart, doesn't it? It does. And, and the, the bravery of going man for man all over the park is that you can nick the ball high up the field and, you know, th that's where leads are brilliant. The, yeah. the, the, the negative of that is that if you get picked off with one or two passes, you can become so yeah. disjointed as a team. Um, yeah. But thankfully, you know, leads, you know, uh, I love watching them and more often than not, than not they've come up trumps. So fair play. Yeah. With, uh, with your coaching then... Um, do you have to mirror the first team or do you get to put your own mark on it at Palace? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to, of course, pay um, a, a lot of um, attention to what the first team are doing. Yeah. Um, and when you've got somebody like Roy Hodgson, who's the, who's the gaffer at the football club, you know, he's, you look at the history and the tradition of him as a football manager and you'd be a fool not to learn off him. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we, I, I am given that, kind of autonomy to um, you know to state my own little bit of personality on the team as well and I think just by my previous experiences of being a manager at League 1 and League 2 and that's where the pre predominantly that's where a lot of our lads go on loan to in them levels yeah. and I know what them levels look like and I can I can I can sell a story I can tell a story about you know what's required to go on your first loan or your second loan yeah. um, and I think that helps the players as well yeah. Just, just on like saying, saying playing, sending players out on loan there, and what what you expect them to go into. Do you can you with a player? Have you kind of got that now? Now or that? Can you see when somebody's definitely going to make it or go to that next level and play in Palace first team? Well, that's the that's that's the the big decision, isn't it? You know, some some players that you think are going to be ready, and you know they'll go out there and have a disappointing loan, and then you've got to kind of you know you've got to look at the loan in terms of 
what it actually brings the individual. Sometimes a player needs to go and have a disappointment to look and re- recognise what it looks like in the football league. Yeah, you know some, you know the trajectory of a football player is not always, you know, it doesn't always carry uh, an ascendancy that just continues to grow. There's, there's so many different levels of finding your feet as an 18, 19, 20 year old and. The loans are yeah. great for them. They are brilliant. You know, you can't replicate that at 23's level. No. Not how, how much, how much like, do you know, in the background before they go on loan, I mean, I know they won't always have several choices, but how much say do like yourself and the, the other coaching staff having where they go and what, what, where, what sort of club you want each player to go to? Presumably well, you want got- them to go to a certain style or I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be a strategy around each individual loan. You know, you can't just say whoever comes, you've got to take that first yeah. offer um, because that's sometimes it can be completely the wrong fit. Um, so there's a there's a number of people who make that decision. You know, you got the um, you, you, you've got the manager, of course. You know, Roy will have a, a say on uh, an impact on some of the young players because he might have a relationship with some of the managers that uh, are looking at some of our younger players. Of course, I'll have to have a say as well, but, you know, we've got Mark Bright, who's the head of loans down at Crystal Palace, and, yeah. you know, he's he's got a vast amount of experience as well, and the academy manager, Gary Izzet, he'll have a big say as well. So there's about five or six different players. Dougie Friedman, you know, the director of football here, who's yeah. obviously, you know... Oh, got good, uh, good football names there, then, isn't there? Yeah, there's a number of... It's not just about one particular person's view, yeah. because my view yeah. might not be the right view. Yeah, because I saw, I think it were Nicky Book quote, I think it's a couple of years old now, and it were about if a player's not in and around first team at 21, 22, I might be wrong there with age, but around that age, he says that they they haven't got a chance really. But I don't know, do you agree with that? Like you say, with the trajectory, not everything's always smooth sailing, is it? Absolutely, and I think that's why they've incorporated this under-23s league is to kind of increase that chance of these young players getting... Sometimes a young player might be... um, you know, he, 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 he might not be physically ready for the yeah. football league yet. He might be underdeveloped. You know, technically he might be fantastic, but physically he might be struggling. So that's why the under-23 is given that extra couple of years. Mm. But yeah. I, I do tend to kind of, you know, lean towards what Nicky Butts said. And I think you need to be in and around a first team. It might not be yeah. your own. It might be somebody else's first team by 21. I think 21, 22. If you're not near that, I think, you know, it's going to be difficult for you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, your own career, you came through your system at Notts County, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Um, who, was the, who gave you your debut there? My, my manager at the time was a, um, like an older manager. Um, unfortunately, he's not very well at the minute. A guy called Colin Murphy. Um, right. Colin Murphy and Steve Thompson were the managers at the time who kind of gave me my debut. I made my debut as a right-back. Um, I was a right. midfielder throughout my career, but... Yeah. By hook or by crook, I got that opportunity. I think there's about about four or five. Chris Wilder was the manager. At, sorry, was the right back at Notts County at the time. Ah, right, yeah. And and Chrissy got injured, and um, I stepped in, kind of helps out at a, on a Thursday. And the manager seemed to uh, he, he liked what he saw. I think I not one about eighty yards behind a fullback, and he he asked me to do it again, and I'd done it again, and he, he put yeah. me in the squad on a Saturday, and. Um, Played the following Tuesday, made my debut as an 18-year-old. So, brilliant, brilliant time. My home club as well, Notts County. So, it was and great. How different play. was that environment then to what they deal with today then? Do you know, like with the setups in the, um, well, Premier League clubs like where you're at? 
oh. completely different. Chalk and cheese, yeah, yeah chalk yeah. and cheese. I mean, I, I wasn't a, I, I wasn't a, you know, my, my title was, a, I was a YTS. I was a, I was an, a YTS at Notts County, not a yeah. scholar or an, an apprentice. It was the old fashioned two years, you know, you, you, you're working and, you know, you, it's not just working on the pitch, but you're doing jobs. You, I, I remember my first year, Notts County had a new stadium and at the first and second year YTSs, we had to go and put all the seats in. At Medellin, <laughs> that was our job in the afternoon. You got the money's worth then, yeah. Yeah, I I earned my forty-eight pound fifty. How different were it going back there this time? What's I mean, obviously they're still in the lower the lower league, so to speak. But what what were it like going back compared to when you were a player as a manager? Just a brilliant opportunity. I was playing one week, managing Notts County the next. I was on loan at Millwall and went to Notts County seven days later. My wife and kids, they'd gone out to, um, to to Portugal on holiday and I didn't tell them I was going for an interview. I went for a quiet interview on the Tuesday. Yeah. And by the time they come back, I, went, I was no longer a player. I was a manager. And my <laughs> wife was like, what do you mean you're living in Nottingham? I'm, you know, we live in London. Um, but no, I'd gone up there and it was an offer an opportunity I just couldn't turn down and you know yeah. thankfully it worked really well we stayed in the in, in league one we had a great end to the season and you know stayed and it's a shame we're not sore at the minute you know yeah not, it not, is, not it throughout is. the football league was um was management something that you fancied then like did you, did you always want to do that from your playing days it actually struck home when I was injured at Leeds I was out for about 10 months at Leeds. I had a real bad um, heel problem. But Dennis Wise was the manager. Um, and I was out for a, lot, a long time. And I was coming close to 30 years old. And I thought, could this be it? Could, could this be the end of my playing days? And then I started to you know, look at different opportunities of staying in the game. And that's when I took my, bad, my badges. So I took my badges relatively young and started thinking a little bit more like a coach, but still wanted to play. Thankfully, I got back to playing, but yeah, around about 30, you know, t- towards the end of my career. Yeah, yeah. So just touching on your, your time at Leeds, how did, you, how did you find that as a whole? Did you enjoy your time at Leeds? I loved every second of it. Every single second. I was so privileged to go up to Ellen Road in the first place. Yeah. Firstly, I went up there and um, something happened. I signed my deal and I ended up going back to Palace, but thankfully it kind of uh, materialised three or four months later. Went there, stayed there for two and a half years and, you know, just honestly, I loved every single, I loved the city, loved living there, you know, loved, loved the club. I mean, to play for Leeds United is just, I'd have never played for Leeds United in the Premier League because I weren't good enough, but to play for Leeds United at any level was just dreams come true. Just yeah. brilliant club. Just touching on there where you said you were there pretty much and then you had to go back to Palace. Is that, I presume that's obviously related to all the, well-documented problems uh, Leeds were having around that time, did it? Yeah, I, I actually signed for, I, I signed the forms and I was supposed to sign under Gerald Krasner. And right. um, Gerald, um, he, he pulled it last minute and um, I was the first signing for Ken Bates when he took right. over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a kind of a little bit of a, a handover. Right. And I ended up, um, ended up going back. I'd, I'd spent a couple of months on loan at Forest, Nottingham Forest. But when Leeds come calling, I, I, I had to go, and it was it was brilliant. Kids were born up in Leeds. I got married in Harrogate. Um, it was it was brilliant, brilliant time. A bit bit of a funny story, wasn't it, with uh, your first game? I think I've read um, pre-match routine. Couldn't, 
I was in a hotel, you know, me and, me and um, my, my partner at the time, Jolene, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't find anywhere to eat. Well, we could have, but it was a bit too expensive in the hotel. So <laughs> I said, to them, come on, we'll have a little wander out. And we ended up going into this um, kind of like just a market stall down in the bottom of, um, bottom of Leeds. And um, it was brilliant. It was back when everyone was like kind of smoking. I think, I think, yes, kind of smoking inside. It was like full of like yeah. smoke. And I had West Ham about three hours later. And um, you scored, didn't you? Did you score? Scored the winner. Scored the winner hey. at Ellen Road, 41,000. Hey. And I had beans on toast. <laughs> I had beans on toast every single pre match after. I, I think I only scored twice more, but uh, it was great. <laughs> just, just staying on pre match routine as well. A bit of another one, a weird one I read. I don't know how true it is. Um, I think it came. From uh, Crouch's mouth. Did, did you uh, make yourself sick before every game? Before every game. Every single game. <laughs> Where yeah. did that come from? Nerves or? I, I was clearly nervous, but I wasn't a nervous kind of guy. It was obviously something inside me that was, you know, it was a nervous um, disposition that I had. Um, yeah. And it was kind of a fluid that dropped down on my lungs and I needed to just get it out. But it was about three minutes to, it was about, no, it was about 10 minutes to three. And it was ah. constantly like, uh, and some of the some of the noises that were coming out. Crouchy oh, hated it. He can't believe wretching. <laughs> yeah, I lost all the enamel on my teeth. I, I, I had about fourteen fillings a year because of, like it was just like battering my mouth. I think I remember me and you being sick for for a before a few games, Kernsey, but not for the same reasons. <laughs> yeah, different different reasons. Them Sunday mornings. Yeah, we've uh, I've thrown up a few times before games on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so one, I think there were one the one where we both threw up simultaneously on centre spot, weren't there? And we had to delay kickoff. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely happened before. <laughs> Back in the day, there were some of the players used to do that. You know, when I was first coming through, some of the lads were chundering on match days as well. I remember one or two times <laughs> we we played down at um, Plymouth. And um, the night before, normally you'd just go to bed. But the, the the guys who I was rooming with that night, there was three of us in a room. And um, first, Sean Farrell was one of the guys, centre forward. I think he had about twenty five fags that night before <laughs> before a game. And Gary Martin down must have had he must have took two four packs down there. So Marty was steaming, Farrell was smoking, and I was like an eighteen year old thinking, "What? Yeah, yeah. is this what happens? <laughs> yeah, this is modern football. Yeah, it's uh, it's changed a lot, and it's insane." Yeah, for the, for the better, for the better, but some of the stories are great, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, the mobile phones kill... kill I was just about to say, yeah, yeah, you, you can't, can't do anything now, can they? No. You just can't do anything. No, no, I would hate to be a player now. I really would. <laughs> just just jumping back to Leeds then, obviously, I presume the highlight, um, although it didn't end well, was uh, the season when we obviously went to the playoff semis, um, went away, well, played Preston. Um, home leg was one all, wasn't it? I think went one nil down, and what was it Eddie Lewis free kick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just re- I was reading earlier, I've reminded myself about the game. Obviously, I, I, were, I were at both games, home and away, but uh, just reminding myself about the game. I think after the first leg, um, did you, did the boys get a bit of inspiration from Preston manager at the time, Billy Davis? I think he'd labelled it job yeah. done. Is that right? He did. Yeah, yeah, and going going over to um, Preston for the second leg, um, we didn't really need a team talk. It was already done. Kind of Billy yeah. had already said his piece in the press, and I think you know one or two of the lads had brought the papers in, and it was it, it was in the hotel leading into the game, and no, it, it was just it spurred us on. It was a great performance, by the way. We played really well that night. Um, 
I would thoroughly deserved the two 0 win, and obviously went to Wembley and absolutely froze, which was gutting, absolutely yeah. gutting. Yeah, I, would, I was saying to Liam just before, yeah, well, just before, sorry, the podcast, uh, how Preston were probably one of the best nights of my life in terms of being a Leeds fan, and then going down to Cardiff, and I did, well, just didn't see it coming. Just didn't see it coming. I think what happened as well, we had a couple of injuries before the game and it it disjointed us a little bit. Um, Paul Butler, who was the captain at the time, he was not quite fit, Paul, but he was such an inspirational captain that, you know, he got put back in. And I think if you was to ask him now as a, a you know, as an ex-pro, perhaps would he have chosen to play or not? He might, he might have given a different answer. I, I'm not too sure, you know. We, but I, I, I thought, you know, we perhaps picked the wrong team on the day. Mm, um, yeah. But nonetheless, you know, Everybody, including myself, you know, it was a real poor performance. I was gutted. Honestly, it took me such a such a long time to recover from that loss. I never watched the game back. In fact, the other day it was on Sky, the highlights, and my, my daughter said to me, is this you? Because I had my long hair at the time. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's me. She said, what, 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 what are you doing about the penalty? Because I, I gave a penalty away for the third goal. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. just devastated. I wasn't going to bring that one up. <laughs> oh, the game was ended, but you know, uh, I, I put the nail in the coffin there. It was horrible. It was a horrible game. Yeah. So, just after that final, then getting back, getting into next this following season. Obviously, like you just said, it took a while to get over it. We, I mean, I don't know what sort of question this is, but were you guys thinking, right, we go again now? We've got to play our final. We've got a chance to progress again, or was it like that kind of with everything going on in background at the club still? Were it kind of that? What's going to happen now? Have we missed this opportunity, or do you, what sort of feeling were it in the camp after that? Well, the first year back out, you know, outside the Premier League was one of just sitting mid-table. You know, just kind of getting getting the feel of the of, of the Championship. Finished fourteenth, yeah. I think. It was a it was a lacklustre year. I only got there in in March, but towards the end, it was like, okay, well, let's go for it next season. Yeah. But what we had, we had a really good Reading team in the league and a, and a really good Sheffield United team, and we just couldn't get up into them top two spaces. Mm. But we took the pre, you know we took the playoffs, we took that, and we we, we thought we'd go to. Um, the millennium and turn up, we didn't. And then there was a massive hangover. You know, the hangover was huge. And I think because it was such a short turnover between that game and the start of the next season, we actually didn't have time to recover. And then it just, just erupted. You know, all the, all the financial problems took place inside Ellen Road and it just ended horribly. Just snowballed. Yeah, you you spent most of that, like you touched on earlier, you spent most of that season injured, I think, didn't you? And then, by the time yeah. we were relegated, I don't, did, I don't think you played in League One, did you? Or... No, I didn't. I mean, I I, I got injured away at Stoke. Uh, Mamadi Sidibe caught me on my heel and he, my, my, my heel calcified and I had about, I think I had three or four operations on it. And it was just a horrible injury and it took its toll and it went into the, the relegation into League One and the cloud hanging over the training ground and, and Ellen Road was just awful. You know, Dennis was in and, you know, there was a couple of decisions that kind of like went against a few of the players and it was just horrible. It was a real toxic environment. Um, and I needed to leave. I needed to leave and play back in the championship. And I didn't want to leave Ellen Road. I really, I, I, sincerely, I didn't. But, you know, there was a decision made above my head and I had to and, I went to Palace and, um, you know, it was a good move for me personally. Yeah. Was it Warnock that took you back to Palace? 
Yeah, it took me on loan initially, um, yeah. but I didn't have a callback. The club wouldn't put a callback in. Um, right. and, and I went on a two-month loan and I, and I thought, why have they not put a callback in? And um, I got a phone call off Dennis after about five weeks saying, oh, you got to come back and play. And I went, well, there's no callback in the in the loan. And he went, no, you got to come back. And I went, well, that's a little bit harsh on Palace because Palace have done the deal for two months and yeah. you actually didn't want me at Ellen Road. Mm. So I stayed at Palace. Um, right. I, I really wanted to go and play again for Leeds. I did. I was, genuinely, I did. But I was loving my mo- I was loving my time back at Palace. You know, I'd had a great, I'd had a great experience prior to coming up to Leeds anyway. And yeah. Neil was brilliant. You know, Neil was Neil was great for me. He was a great manager. You must have some wall-up tales. I'm just about to say, can we <laughs> must have some? Can we go digging a bit here now on Warner? <laughs> He, 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 he was the he was the the best manager I played under in terms of getting the best out of the players. He, yeah, everyone knew their jobs, but his team talks were just unbelievable. Well, he's, there's ones on YouTube now that you see in the day, just like people yeah. there, like so good. Um, I remember we lost at home. We, we got we, it was awful. We got battered at home against Scunthorpe. I mean, it was a terrible performance. We lost four nil, and. Um, in the side, there's a little side room, or there used to be a, uh, in the home dressing room, a little side room where the coaches used to get ready. Yeah. And Neil would kind of like come out and we'd lost 4 0. So he was battering us, you know, <laughs> your shit, your shit, this is shit, that shit, everything, you know, he kind of like going off the radar. And then he'd go back in, but he'd come out and he had, he'd have like a, a t shirt missing. So his top would be on and come out and he'd berate the goalkeeper and then go into the centre forward. Then he'd go back into his room and he was, in the end, he literally come out and adjust a pair of sloggies. <laughs> and, and he was battering us. And in the end, we just laughed. The whole dressing room was just buzzing off Neil. And he looked at me and he went, Look, look what you've, look what you've done. Look, look at me. I'm like, you know, I've gone. And there were just so many of them stories where, you know, he'd turn up and, He'd get the new signing to go and get his bag out of his um, hotel room. We signed Neil Dan's once. We signed big money. Well, big, biggish money. We signed him yeah. for about a million pound. And um, he rang Dan's um, room about 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 quarter past one. And Dan's was thinking, oh, perfect. I've just signed. I'm going to play. Yeah. He said, come to my room, son. And as he got to his room, he was waiting with his um, two holdalls and he went, come put them on the bus for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely mugged him off. He got all of that. Dungy <laughs> was fuming. Quality. So that, that like hard figure that everybody sees on these videos that Liam were referring to there, that, and like you've just said, effing and blinding, has he got, has he got another, like that soft side to him? Brilliant, brilliant. Absolute. Everything about family, Neil. You know, if any, yeah. anything that, took place at home or you know you needed to have a couple of days away from the club he would always say that's your first priority you know family first football second but what happened was he was so clever with it when he gave you that time away you felt like you really had to owe him you, you owed him when you come back yeah, yeah. and he, 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 he let you know that he'd looked after you so you felt that you really had to repay him with a performance and that was just his management you know he was brilliant man manager yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I thought a couple of years ago he were done, but he just seemed, he can't seem to let it go, can he? But he's he done at the minute. They're losing 3-0 at the minute. Yeah, I, think. I, know, I noticed. I was just about to say they were struggling tonight, but they were just creeping up, weren't they, I think? So just outside playoffs. But yeah, I noticed they were, uh, yeah. they were on my hacker t- tonight. So obviously they were going to lose. He managed it a few clubs, didn't he? Did Warnock? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had so many clubs, hasn't he? He's, he's just been, he's been fantastic in terms championship. You know, he, he he openly admits, doesn't he? You know, he, he loves the championship and for what it stands for. Yeah. I mean, I, he was my manager in the Premier League at QPR, and I thought it was a little bit harsh that he, um, you know, he got sacked when he did. Yeah. Um, and he would have, I think, he'd have kept. I do, I believe, he'd have kept us up at, at QPR, but. They sacked him and he left and he's he's just been brilliant since and he's got a couple yeah, of he's great of like I say he gets he just gets everyone going they all know the jobs and yeah he's quality so did you won the championship at QPI yeah is that right was that, was yeah. that Warnock was that, that was Warnock yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that was Warnock yeah so I was 32 at the time I was coming to what the latter stages of my career so to come you know I left Palace Palace fell into um, administration and it was just a fire sale and um, yeah. contracts weren't being offered out and I went over to QPR for three years and you know yeah. it was great brilliant brilliant time I would love to know what Warnock were like with Adil Terapt <laughs> masterstroke absolute yeah. masterstroke what he done we had a good we had a good um, six or seven like older leader kind of characters in the group yeah. and he got us in we signed him the Thursday before the start of the season and the reason he left it so late is he didn't want his pre-season disturbed because Tarat was a bit of a it, it, it was a bit of a bit of an hand grenade really yeah. um, in, in terms of Monday to Friday he was a magician on a Saturday but Monday to Friday was it, it was terrible and he said to us he said listen just going to announce the captain and I'm thinking I'm looking around thinking I've got half a chance here and he went, it's going to be an Adelta Rat. And I went, Adelta Rat? He went, yeah, yeah. I went, but he's the worst captain we'll ever have. And he went, no, he said, he'll be the best captain that we'll ever have. He said, because he'll get us all promoted into the Premier League. And he yeah. did. Just he did. Purely a talent. He was amazing. He was amazing. Well, bad trainer. Bad trainer or just... Uh, it depends what, uh, how you measure good and bad. I mean... Get him, get him to do a run, and he'll finish fifty yards behind everyone else because he, he just yeah. wouldn't recognise that was training. Yeah. But in terms of you know the small sided oh. games, and he was just amazing. I mean, he'd done things that I've seen no other footballer do before. He should, he should have, he should have played for one of the super clubs. So where, yeah. where, is, he, where is he now? Benfica. Benfica. Yeah, he went to Benfica. He was playing in B team there, I think, is it not? Yeah, but. Yeah, joy to watch some some nutmeg skills. Finish outside at boot, you name it. He had it all in his locker, didn't he? He was he was a, he was an absolute magician. You know, you talk about like the top players. You know, the real. You don't want to put him into a Messi or a Ronaldo. You, you can't do that because they've done it over such a long period of time. But for yeah. the championship at that moment in time, there was no one. The championship have never seen a number ten like it ever before. It went through a bit of a fates championship with them sort of play. I mean, like, just before that, a couple of years before, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but, like, Scott Sinclair came through at Swansea, didn't he? And he took them to that next level and kind of he kind of got them promoted single-handedly as well. And it, it kind of them special... I mean, I know you have them everywhere, and but them kind of special one-off players, they just take you, as he did, to, to obviously winning championship as well, didn't they? Mavericks, just maverick footballers, yeah. you know, ones who just... People pay to come and watch them. We yeah. had full houses every week in the championship, and rightly so because we were top of the top of the table. But they came to watch Adele. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we were the supporting act around <laughs> it, and we we were fine with that. You know, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. because we played in the Premier League at thirty-two. I, 
I never thought that was going to be possible. Getting the ball and give it to him, yeah? Were it one of that? Oh, yeah. Only in the opposition's half, not in our half. Well, did, did you play Did you play the two with him in front or were you, you next to him? He'll have played a bit I, played, I played Olden in midfield and just yeah. to the left of me, we had an um, Argentinian called um, uh, Alejandro Fallin, who was just a brilliant player. Fallin yeah. was great. So there was me falling and Adele played in like a more of an attacking wanted, yeah. 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 We we said to him, don't come and defend, because if he defended, he was he was catastrophic. He was. Gets him where. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's so out, out, out so like with at Palace now, how would how would somebody like him be dealt with when he comes in? How how are they integrated and how are they like, you know, obviously at such a young age coming over to a different country and stuff? What what do you do with players like that to help them settle in and et cetera? How do you manage a maverick? I mean, that's one of the biggest, um, you yeah. know, that's one of the biggest discussions that you're constantly having. You know, do you, do you involve them into your football club? You know, can they produce the magic that kind of completely negates what the negativity is? You know, because the, the, the mavericks in football, they're not always brilliant. You know, they might be no. a challenge in terms of a personality. You know, they might they, they might live their life off the field slightly different to what your stereotypical player would. But mm. I think you should always incorporate a maverick if you can. Mm. It'd be, they, 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 they just wing your games. They yeah, games. yeah, exactly. I think I think this country has always struggled to deal with that type of player, haven't they? It's, I think we prefer stuff like set nicely, as in a flat back four. We don't, we don't like, we don't like, well, we're getting more to like the flair and, and that side side of things. I think the players coming through now, um, like your Madison's, Mounts, you know, that type of, more technical players. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one for me is Grealish. Grealish yeah. for me is just, I mean, I managed him at Notts County. He was a 17-year-old when he come to Notts. And yeah. I knew then that he was going to be an unbelievable footballer. Yeah. Given time. And the time that he needed was at the right place, was Villa. He made his mistakes, albeit in the public eye. You know, yeah. we talk about these mobile phones. I made mistakes like that as a young kid, but there was no one taking a photograph yeah. or a video of me yeah. uh, as a 17-year-old. Unfortunately for Jack, he's always been in that limelight. Yeah. But now he's starting to really get his game together and he's, he's a top. In, in, in it, I mean, I, I think he's brilliant. I love Jack Grealish. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd have him in my England team, I think, now. I think he's, he's moved up to that level. I think there are a few around that, that similar type of role um, that are technically gifted. But yeah, I think, uh, I think he's got to be in with the shout. Um, if you're not taking him, you're, if Gareth Southgate doesn't take Jack Grealish... Oh, he's got, I mean, I, I, he's got to take him for me. He's got, I think he starts. Like, I know yeah. there's, there's names... Well, there's, there's plenty, isn't there? You've got Sancho, you've got Sterling, all these that can play around Kane. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Grealish, he just uh, he glides past players. Like, he, oh. he has that ability. I, my my, my favourite as a kid was Gascoigne. I love Gaza. Um, yeah. he, he, he was just, a, he was everything. Just loved him, you know. And I remember yeah. coming home from school and watching, you know, Italia 90 and kind of thinking, this is like a superstar, the best I've ever seen. Yeah. My boy Jess, he's 13 and he thinks he, his superstar is Grealish. Yeah. And he loves him. He, he, everything, he's he, even trying to do his barnet 
the same as Grealish and uh, have his socks up halfway of his skins, you know, he's like, loves yeah, it. Yeah, them, them shin pads, what are them shin pads about? They're tiny, aren't they? Not for me, then. <laughs> Not for me, but if it works for him, fair play. I would what, just were, about... what were he like at Notts County then? Were, did, were the people trying to kick lumps out of him or what? what, what we, played away. Like? we played away once. We um, played away against Stevenage and um, Graham Wesley, um, who was, uh, you know, kind of a, a different type of manager. To put it right. yeah. put, put, put it briefly, um, he Grealish played left midfield for me, and um, he, I, I kid you not, he changed his right back ten times in the whole game. <laughs> Kick lumps out of Jack. Kick lumps Checking out. Of, turns, yeah. And he was he just got up, rode it, rode it, rode it, laughed, smiled, you know, yeah. cried at half time. I remember him crying at half time, saying, <laughs> "You know, they keep kicking me out." Oh, it's because you're brilliant. Because you're brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Why. You're too good. You're too good. Yeah. But that's and, uh, like you say, like the loan uh, system, that, that works. Because then when he goes back to a higher level, people aren't kicking him all the time. He gets a fair bit of it, but he gets that more, that bit more space and probably a bit more freedom. And he just does. He's excelled, hasn't he? Especially he'll always now. look back. He'll always look back at Notts County and the, and the year he spent there. And he'll know that was the best education he had. Yeah, to get ready for to, for what he's doing now, you know, because you're yeah. right, you don't get kicked in the Premier League like you do at League One. No, and he dealt with it for a year at such a young age, and now he's reaping the rewards. Yeah, I can remember. I mean, I would I would just feel time when I was younger. I didn't quite make it to YTS, but I can remember within like a space of six months, I was playing like Sunday morning football, and that were an eye opener, getting kicked everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a learning curve. It's definitely a learning curve. So yeah. do we do we need to look out for Jack then when he's lifting trophies and doing interviews that he mentioned Sean Derry as that influential character in his career? <laughs> oh, listen, it's, you know, I always look back at my career and, um, you know, you remember everybody, don't you? Good, yeah. bad and indifferent. It's like it's yeah. like life, you know, you, you have different, different, different kind of periods of your life where you look back and you think, right, that well, that was good and didn't quite enjoy that little bit and I learned a lot there and that was a little bit of a quiet moment but yeah. he'll look back at Knotts and he, he would have enjoyed his time we had a really good set of players serious yeah. um, leaders in the group as well and they really look, looked after Jack and so did we as managers you know we protected him in the right yeah. way and exposed him in the other way as well you got to expose the young players and see what, they, see what they've got and he, he had it all he reacted well yeah um, just staying with Notts County, your time there, you previously, uh, Big Sam, did you have Big Sam as a manager? Yeah, yeah, Big Sam. He, he came He came as an 18, I was 18, he came. I remember this big um, Ford Scorpio back in the day, <laughs> something yeah. like that, a minder, and he had this massive moustache, Sam, and I thought, oh, not going to mess around with this guy, he's, no. he's tough. And he, um, yeah, his first day, I remember his first day in the first session, he got us all to wear shin pads and um, yeah, we oh, really? kicked lumps out of each other, yeah. Nice. And what were you like What were you like as a manager then? Because once you went to Bolton and places like that, you were always seen as quite a leader of like, you know, using technology and stuff. And did you see that then or? or yeah, a bit before yeah that? I saw that. Yeah, he was, a, he was a innovator, you know, he was, yeah. he, he was, I mean, Back in the day, we didn't have analysis and everything like that. But what I remember on a on a Monday, it, it gets into this really tight room in the um, in, in in the stadium, and the 
you know, that we had a real small telly in the corner and he had the video and he, he would have the tape and he'd stop, play, stop, play. We'd be in there for like two hours and he'd scrutinize your performance to the absolute end degree. And it yeah. was the first time I'd ever seen anything like it. You know, it was just, it, it, it was brilliant. I mean, we got promoted with Sam. Uh, I'd left, yeah. I'd gone to Sheffield United in the March or January, I think it was. And the, the, the lads had gone on to get promoted. And he was, he was the reason why he was, he was excellent. Yeah. He went on to do a great job at Bolton, didn't he? I mean, took some great players there as well, didn't he? With Jock, IF and... Kocha. Kocha, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, 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 some. Uh, well, he had an Elka. They had were an Elka there at one point as well, wasn't he? With him, I think. Was yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Ivan Campo, all that lot. I do. I remember. Um, can't remember if it was four four two or something like that. And it were on about him like being innovative and stuff like that. And he were giving tips to like um, Sunday league managers. And he was saying if you can, if you can, like cope with the grief, get one of them. Um, to, like. Baywatch seats, you know, like a lifeguard seat, put it on yeah. halfway line and watch the game from above. And <laughs> just thinking, if you see that on a Sunday morning, you're getting some absolute <laughs> hell to that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was his, he, he was about, because he always used to sit in the stand, didn't he? Don't watch the game, watch the game from yeah. the stand. He said, you just see yeah. it in a totally different light. Yeah, but brilliant. Yeah, I don't think that uh, a lifeguard seat, I don't think that had uh, gone down. To- Can't see Big Sam in his um, Baywatch pants, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd seen enough with Warnock in his pants, haven't you? So you don't want to see Big Sam as well. Enough to put anyone off the meal. Warnock in his pants, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of pants, no pants, Pulis in his uh, naked headbutts. You didn't see any of that when Pulis Briargaffer, did you? I mean, you look... You, you, I look back. I was I was only on, on about this the other day. You know, you kind of looking back, and yeah, I think there were, I had about twenty twenty two managers, something like that. It was unbelievable. Yes. And you know, Redknapp, Pulis, Warnock, Allardyce, you, you know, Mark Hughes, you, loads of them, and all all of real established managers. And I mean, Pulis. One one thing I can remember of um, Tony, um, he'd signed me in the March, and. Um, I was living in a hotel, lived my life completely wrong. Yeah, I really did. I, I played for Portsmouth towards the end. Of the, I arrived 13 stone two. I finished the season 14 stone seven. I was just like <laughs> an absolute mess at the end of the, pre, end of the season. And he got me one day and he went, look, I bought you for a reason to get up and down the pitch and you can't do it. I was only 22, really lived my life wrong. And he, um, he made us do the first day of pre-season the next year. We ran 13 miles around the um, New Forest at Bournemouth. And we ran 13 miles again the next day. We ran a marathon in two days. That and he ran it horrendous. every single inch with us as well. He was so fit, Tony Poulis, back in the day. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask that because obviously we'll get on to Crouchy and uh, you were knocked about with him a little bit, didn't you, when you were down there? And I, I was wondering how that works with Poulis being gaffer and you living a life a little bit. Did he, uh, were you aware of it? And well, like you say, he, he were aware of you're uh, not getting up and down the field. Um, yeah. Were he on your case all the time? Yeah, he always, it was always on my case every day, every day. And I look back at it and I thought, you know, I wish you'd stop having a go at me. <laughs> but I think he could see that I was not living my life right. I wasn't. I made some key mistakes. It was the first time I'd lived away from home. 
when I was at Sheffield United, I lived with my mum and dad, and I went back to um, I went to Portsmouth. Um, actually, Neil Warnock sold me from Sheffield United. I went down to Portsmouth, signed for Tony Poulis, and um, we stayed up that year, done really well, but made some big, big errors in the way I lived my life. And he told me every day, like <laughs> under no uncertain terms, as well. You know, he he, he really abused me. Yeah, but it was the right thing to do, and um, I could take it. And I needed to, I needed to listen to it. And he yeah. just, he, he needed and demanded fit players. Otherwise you couldn't, you couldn't play for him. I mean, yeah. problem, problem is with that as well, Liam just touched on it. I think you were quite close to Crouchy down there and he, he's seven stone wet through regardless of what he does by the looks of it. <laughs> Crouchy could, honestly, Crouchy could live on burgers and fries every single day of his life and drink four or five pints of beer every yeah. night and still be that size and still be an unbelievable player. I tried to join him, but as, like I say, I went from 13 stone two to 14 stone seven. And, um, yeah. you know, that's not, not the best diet for a footballer, is it? No, no. Well, he, he claimed on his podcast that he invented come down with me with you and, uh, Rick Courtney Pitt. Courtney. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that... we had, we, we lived on this Marina, um, place called Port Solent, beautiful place. And, um, Crouchy lived at the bottom end. I lived at the top, and then there were some townhouses to the left. And it was all separated by a marina, you know, with yeah. all the boats in it. And um, I could see, I had some binoculars, and I could see into Crouchy's house. I could also see in Courtney's. So although we didn't live together in the same house yeah. or flat, we did. We was in each other's kind of... We, it was it was a little bit weird, you know. We kind of thinking, who's that in Crouch's house? Get the old bins yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's that going in at like ten o'clock at night? And who's coming out? It was just it was great days, you know. What young lads do. And um, no, we had we had we had a group. my God, we, we we had some fun down there. So we the lived nights out, yeah. Yeah, the night the nights out. I mean, they lasted all week. You know, we we I think we put it to bed on a third. We we never went out on a third. In fact, we never ever went out on a Thursday or a Friday. Obviously. But we'd, we'd nick a night out on a Wednesday. Thursday yeah, yeah. night. Cheeky student night. night. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> student night down in um, a, a nightclub called Time and Envy, if I remember it right. Yeah, that was a shit hole. Any particular ones that stand out that you're allowed to tell us about? Or <laughs> I remember one night, right? I remember one night. It, it was, um, we'd signed Lee Sharp. Sharpie had signed for Portsmouth. I've got that written down, actually, my notes, yeah. Sharp <laughs> another, another drinker. Oh, well, well, at the time I'd, I'd got, I had a fractured back, a stress fracture in my back. So I was out, um, and Sharpie, um, Sharpie signed from, I think it was from Bradford on loan and he lived with me for two months, mm. but we didn't really live in the flat. We like lived at, we lived in the nightclubs <laughs> and it was, um, you know, Sharpie showed me a different way to, to to live in life as a footballer you know all the um you know the back in the hacienda days at, Man at yeah, manchester yeah. well i think he tried to recreate that on the south coast it was um, it was it was interesting living with the with the boy lee yeah i imagine it will have been guy in there. i met him uh we did a i did a sportsman's dinner with him once up at my old football team and it really really good laugh that night some of his stories he was telling but um yeah yeah you He's can tell he were a bit of a boyer Oh yeah, he was. He was. He, he, he was. He was. He was your best. It was your first one. He was. He was the first, like, you know, yeah. kind of playboy, wasn't he? You know, modern day playboy. He was. He, he was brilliant. He was a great player. Great, great lad. Personality. Everyone loved him. He was so humble. 
with his achievements as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good, that was an interesting two months. You managed yeah. to go toe to toe with him then, or were it feeding off scraps? <laughs> oh, I was feeding. Look at me now. Can you imagine what I look like as a 22 year old? Did you have long hair then? No, I had some horrible haircuts before me long hair. I'm I mean, not saying I'm not saying yeah. anything. I'm I think, not saying I think anything. we both could do with them uh, hairdressers opening, Glenn, me and you. Yeah, a lot of this is locked you down. You need the barbers you pair, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's I why I've got rid of mine. I went for that look uh, first lockdown and thought, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I just can't bring myself to do it in case it do not come back. <laughs> no, Sharpie was ev- on a night out. Yeah, everyone knew that Lee Sharp was in the nightclub, that's for sure. That's what you wanted it. That is what about Crouchy then? Did you, uh, did you manage to see any early glimpses at Robot or any uh, variations of that before? <laughs> Saw that, saw that so many times. That dance was just. Was it, it a thing before it actually got famous? Wait for the break dance. I mean, it, it never got to the backspin, did it? The robot. It just stayed. He just stayed on his feet. Wait till it got to the, um, you know, to, to to him rolling around on his back with his um, ten ten feet legs up up in the sky, <laughs> knocking everyone's drink over. It was, um, yeah, it was funny. Well, Lee Sharp had the moves, didn't he? I remember them celebrations he used to do. He had some good moves in Sharper. He did, yeah. He just didn't score goals at Portsmouth, so we never really saw it. <laughs> All I can imagine with Crouch in a nightclub is them things that you see outside, like car garages with, with wind blowing them. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about it, like you, you, you talk, you, you know, Peter now, you know, the career that he's had, and you know the amount of um, the, the amount of moves that he's had, and he's had such a successful career. He's yeah. been able to get clothes adapted for his um for his um, legs and his arms yeah you know back you've made it day, when that happens back <laughs> in the day when he didn't have these um tailor-made clothes you know he, he looked pretty funny in a pair of jeans that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> well uh, good stuff um we know you're uh pushed for a little bit of time sean so we like to finish with um your flat back four um, so we're looking for obviously a left back, a right back, and two centre halves from your time playing, um, and just a little bit why why you've selected them really. So I don't know if you want to start start left back. Yeah, I'm going to start with uh, um, a guy called Wayne Quinn. He was um, he was a he, he was a he was a player with me at Sheffield United, and um, he ended up going to Newcastle and West Ham, and sadly retiring it. Um, 27 but you know when you talk about people like Lee Sharp you know you talk about Lee Sharp and people will go what a great left foot like a, yeah. I think left footers look they, they, they look it like look artists nice. yeah you know a, a, a good left foot beats a good right foot for me and but but Wayne Quinn had a proper left foot he his service was incredible he could literally feed it into a number nine, feed it down a channel, whip it into a midfielder. He'd get to the byline, he'd put the picturesque crosses in. Yeah. And he was like a top, top lad as well. He was yeah. like funny, funny guy off the pitch. And he retired at 27. He's, his knees gave up on him. Oh, He's living really? down in Cornwall at the minute, um, down by the sea not a recluse, but he's just having a quiet life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Wayne would be my left back. Um, he would definitely sit, sit with a number three on his back. Right, okay. That's a solid choice. Right back, who are we going with? Going to go with Steve Finnan. Um, Steve right. Finnan um, joined Knox County 
um, probably six months after I'd made my debut um, and lived with me and my mum and dad and my brothers for six months, lived with us at home. Um, so big friend of mine, Steve, and went to Fulham and was exceptional and yeah. signed for Liverpool and was even better. You know, yeah. he was just, I think yeah. when Steve played at right back to tell you how good he was, you know, Gary Neville was winning championships with Man United, but Steve would get in the team of the year. You know, he was that yeah. kind of, he was that good. Yeah, I always remember him being very, very solid. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he, he was, he was eight and a half out of 10 every single game. And um, that's what you want from your fullbacks, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. he'd play now. He'd be a modern day fullback now. You know, he'd still play. You know, up and down that wing. Great engine, good delivering to the box. Yeah, super. So we've got one of your centre halves. Doesn't matter, right or left side. It doesn't really matter. Who have we got? I'm going to go for Clint Clint Hill. Yeah, <laughs> as a left side of centre half. Um, bear in mind, Clint's smaller than me. Probably just bordering five eleven, six foot. He was exceptional in the air and really um, undervalued in terms of his qualities as a, as a left-footed um, delivery from a centre-half. But better than that, better than that, he was, yeah. was my roomie. He was my roomie for six years at Palace and um, QPR. And, um, you know, he's just gone in at Bristol Rovers with Joey um, as his assistant there. And he's yeah. just a tough, tough player and a yeah. cheat it was a cheat <laughs> he, was a cheat. He, he cheated every day right Clint did and he, yeah. he, he cheated because he, he knew that he, he wasn't the quickest of players so whenever we'd done any running he'd always go short on the line and it drove me mad I'd go you cheat yeah. you are that You're sounds like me that yeah and he'd go no no I'm, I'm a winner he always used to win the races even though he'd go like short on the line but in yeah. his head He's, he was wired up to win. Yeah. And he'd yeah. do anything to win. I, I thought he, I always thought he were a lot, a lot taller than that. I was just going to say that as well. Yeah. I had him down yeah. as taller. As soon as you no. said his name, the thing that came into my head were like big, big centre half. I, I always, obviously, I've watched him loads of times against Leeds as well, but I thought he were a lot bigger than that. No, he was, he, he was smaller than me. Yeah. He right. was smaller than me and he was um, unbelievable league. So good in the air, actually, from defending um, set plays that he wouldn't mark anyone. He'd just, just sit himself to. inside the six-yard box and just come and get and head everything. It was maybe brilliant. that's what made him. Maybe that's what made him look uh, a bit taller when he's yeah. going to win everything. Yeah, good job. Yeah, he, he tried to older he got as well. He was going a little bit thin on top. To remind <laughs> him of that every day, and he, he tried to like he had a little um, tinting. Probably made him a little yeah. bit bigger than what he was. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah, final final part. Who's your other centre half, Sean? Oh dear, a real tough one. A real, real tough one. This um, I'm going to go for like a little bit of a hybrid centre half on this one. Okay, um, one who could sit in at centre half but also play at left back. Kind of a, didn't know whether to put him as left back or as at centre half. It's a little bit disjointed my back four because I've got three left footers in there. Um, <laughs> but but this particular player. Um, He's sadly no longer with us. Um, it's Justin Edinburgh, um, the old right. Leighton Orient manager. Um, Justin was a teammate of mine down at Portsmouth and um, became one of my closest pals, really. And um, yeah, uh, and he was um, he, he, he was such a good player, 
played for Spurs for 10 years before he come to um, come to Portsmouth. Yeah. And he played with some seriously good players. Seriously good players. Yeah. And he played near, nearly every week. And he was just, he, he just knew football inside out. And he knew the dark arts. He knew his um, deficiencies in terms of perhaps a little bit of lack of pace, but physically he would always match your centre-half or, or, or the winger. And he would always, always talk you through a game yeah. and I think when you've got centre-halves who can pass on information like that Clint was the same but Clint and um, Clint and, uh, uh, and Justin they, they had the best voices that I played in front of and yeah. I think as a midfielder that really helps you yeah. oh, oh, big massive. loss big big loss in everyone's life just you know we missed oh yeah it's so, so sad that was awful absolutely awful yeah, yeah. we'd seen and you got, got involved with his foundation as well yeah, yeah, really, you know, trying to create a legacy. His son Charlie and his 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 family have been beyond unbelievable. Yeah. You know, when you the magnitude of the loss of you know a, a dad, a brother, a son, you know, you, you, a, a husband. You think about you know, yeah, it's awful. What what his family could have done, and the way the way they've the way they've pushed forward is. Um, it's testament to his to to, to, to the centre to the centre cog, which is Justin, yeah. a top a top bloke. Miss him every day. Yeah, it's awful. Brilliant. Awful. Fitting way to finish, really. Good good way to finish. It Great is, yeah, well, as well. Very solid. Yeah, very good. Any uh, honourable mentions? Anyone that could have been in there that have just missed out? Well, plenty, plenty, plenty. <laughs> one, what what one one particular player was down at Portsmouth. Um, now the Doncaster manager, Darren Moore. Right, yeah. Darren Moore was the the best header of a ball I've ever seen. He headed it further; he could kick it. Yeah, that's because every time he had the ball at his feet, he kicked it out of play. <laughs> right, that's uh, fair enough. I'm telling Max, he's quite a big fella, you know, Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be nice to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for your time, Sean. It's been uh, appreciated, mate. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, for, thank you to those listening as well and watching on YouTube um, if you could go check out what we do on social media that would be appreciated we're on Twitter uh, Flatback4 uh, with the second A being a 4 rather cleverly we thought um, <laughs> we're on Instagram at Flatback4 and we are on Facebook at Flatback4 Clothing um, if you do catch us on YouTube it's Flatback4 Meets if you could subscribe uh, that would be perfect. Follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the uh, all the places. Um, that would be appreciated. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another guest. Uh, so until then, thanks, Sean, again. And Brilliant. cheers, everybody. Guys. See you later. Thanks a lot. <laughs>